0: All right. Hey, everyone. This is Wes Bridges with Adventures Till the Curtain Calls. We're doing another critical content section where we talk to a D&D and tabletop RPG content creator. Um, today, we have Chris, also known as Ravenswood D&D on TikTok. Thank you so much for vo- joining me today, Chris. I appreciate it. So I'm to mention it. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, I- I'm not going to lie. Uh I was curious I was like man where do I even uh, start and trying to find content creators and I was already following you because it's like hey do you need a puzzle and I'm like yes Uh, for my (laughs) for my game I stole it Uh, so I'm like I'm going to reach out to them Um, so I'm just going to start off where did your love for like D&D or TTRPGs where did that start for you.
1: Um, To be honest, I'm almost a little bit ashamed to admit that I'm relatively new to it all. Okay. Um, It's only sort of been, I was trying to remember, it's probably 2016 or 17. Okay. um, When I kind of got into it and I was always very dead set against, no, I'm not a nerd. I'm not a nerd. But it turned out I was just in denial. (laughs) Um, And I was, um, at some friends sort of had a bit of a party, a bit of a get together And they were talking about wanting to play D&D, but couldn't find a DM. And then one of my best mate, Josh, was like, Chris, you're an English teacher. You like creative writing. You could do it because you just get to create a world and you get to put characters in it. And kind of reluctantly, I was like, all right, then, okay, I'll give it a go. And then now my life just revolves around D&D, to be honest with you. I think it's
0: one of the biggest traps, especially for, uh, you know, writers um, from... (laughs) really any uh, genre whether you do um, non-fiction fiction whether you do more graphic art um, the issue is especially when you become the dm is you've created this world now yeah. and you can't stop creating almost
1: yeah it, um, it, it's a bit of an addiction you kind of see things all the time like oh, i could make that in dnd oh, i could put that in D. right and it just it's relentless and you constantly go in thinking about it
0: I'm notorious for after every like fantasy series or something like that, I I've read um, or, or sci-fi or whatever kind of game I'm running. um, I I try to take an element. I don't like taking someone else's creative license and and their work and everything. But, you know, if they're like, oh, I like how this culture interacts or something like this, or Mm. I like how uh, their take on magic and and everything. um, Do you. You say, so you say you started playing in 2016. Did you get going yeah. as a DM right from then? Yeah, or? straight away.
1: And I've oh. kind of, I am forever DM now. I think I've maybe played since 2016, 2017. I've probably played as a character three times, maybe four times. <laughs> it's just like DM, I'm, I'm the DM. That's it. There's no questions about it. That's almost like D. Right. Let's find out if Chris can do a session or right, I'll do a session then.
0: It's almost nice when you get a one shot that someone else can run for you. Be like yeah, oh, no. a break would be great. But uh I feel like that's also one of the best ways to learn about D or Pathfinder or a TTRPG yeah. is be becoming the DM and everything. Like, yes, it's it's nice maybe to to put the training wheels on and be a player. And I want to, mm. I'm not knocking anyone that does that. To be a no, 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 But um, sometimes you just got you got to get thrown into the waters with the sharks. Yeah,
1: Definite definitely thrown into deep end. <laughs> when I agreed to it, I was like, "Yeah, all right then. I just, just thought, oh, I'll roll a couple of dice and that'll be it." But no, no. There's <laughs> so many rules, and like something will happen. Like, I don't know. Can can we do that, Chris? Like, um, yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not?
0: Uh, typically, how many people play in your game at a time?
1: Um. Round about four. I'm running okay. um, Curse of Strahd at the minute
0: mm. um,
1: for four friends. Um That's a challenge, okay. definitely. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they've just got to Vallaki. Okay. Um, so, and I, I bought it purely because I love the display box coffin that it came in. That's the only reason I got it. I, I got mean, it
0: too. But, it's somewhere around my house, but yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm looking up at it now. It's up on the top of the cabinet, but I bought it because it looked nice. And then yeah. I was like, oh, I really want to run this. Let's do this. So I was kind of piecemealing it. I didn't read the book cover to cover okay. before I started running it, which was a bad idea. Um, and then they were like, right, so next session then, guys, you're going to end up in Vallaki. And I remember opening the chapter. I was like, oh, this is going to take some planning. But <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, definitely being thrown in the deep end was kind of the best thing Um, because I I didn't have that much time to sort of read the DM's guide cover to cover. And still to this day, I haven't done that. I've kind of learned rules and things as they've come along. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It's kind of.
0: And every DM has their own house rules or something like that. I mean, I don't know how many different ways of sneak attack I have heard throughout like just my like decade plus of, of playing. Um, but yeah, so I know that you know, when my players come to my table, I tell them like, hey, you may run things, you know, a certain way at your table. Yeah. That's wonderful here. We're going to, you know, the DM is the the end all be all what I say goes, yeah. but we're going to work within reason. Um, so you got thrown into it. You got thrown to the wolves, yep. thrown to the sharks, whatever you want to call it what was it about D&D that like intrigued you the most that kept you gripped in and wanted to come back for more punishment or dealing out more punishment?
1: Um, I think to be honest it was it was the world building. Mm-hmm. Um I really enjoyed sort of doing that I mean I'm an English teacher by trade um, but I don't really get to do that much creative writing as part of that mm-hmm. so sort of an outlet for that but then I found that I and my players really enjoyed it if I put pop culture references in, sure. To um, campaigns, so like characters that they know or people from real life that I've turned into a monster, <laughs> I put them in it, and it's just—I I kind of—I run with. I don't like the D and D game to be really serious. Sure, I, I find it a really big turn off if people are like rules lawyers, or I no, mean, you can't do that, or that doesn't fit into the world. Don't care. I'm going to put it in there. I really don't care. Okay. Uh, I remember so, one, of the, one of the best sessions I ran. They were in the woods, and I was like, "I want a woodland enemy, but I don't want to go with like a standard." Oh, there's a goblin camp, so I just put the actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf into the woods, and okay. it was brilliant. <laughs> I got the music on my phone from the song. And I was like, alright, he's after you now, guys. You have to do something about this." <laughs> and it just it makes it more enjoyable. I don't. I hate it when it gets really serious, which has kind of been a bit of an issue with. Curse of Strahd because it's a very dark, very yes. serious um, content. But then, luckily, the players I'm with they can find a laugh in anything. So the like high horror that's in it is always counteracted by mm-hmm. a nice little bit of comedy. So,
0: and I, th- I think that helps your games when you know you know you're running something a bit, or, or you're whether you're running a heavy module, a heavy campaign, or you just have a heavy moment um if you have players that know how to read the room or they they understand that like we need to do something to lighten this up here this is this is a little bit too heavy for too long that i think that complements um a good story and that's just as a player that just takes time um so you mentioned you're a teacher what year do uh, do you teach
1: um i teach so in england we have um our college system is slightly different to your college system, isn't it? So, I teach 16 and 17 year olds. Okay.
0: Because okay, that's gotcha. college here. Um, yeah, so we
1: teach 17, 18
0: around here, but okay.
1: Yeah, so the guys that they sat their GCSEs, which is like our big exams, okay. when they're 15. And then I teach the guys that failed English, okay. and I get them for another year to try and get them through again.
0: Have you ever like implemented? Um maybe like some facets of uh of D &D or anything like that
1: um we got an initiative from the college that i work for like Mm -hmm. this is called risk it week we want you to try something different so i was like right i'm gonna play D &D then so i just i made all like this i made really small um character sheets dead basic ones got them to come up with a name got them to draw a little picture i gave them sort of the standard array Mm -hmm. of skill scores got them to put that in and then I threw them into a situation against some goblins and some owlbears and sort of spent 45 minutes doing that and then did creative writing off the back of it. And they loved it. They thought it was really good. And a few of them came out of their exam a few weeks ago and went, oh, Chris, I used a D&D session. I just wrote what happened with the orcs in the woods. I was like, cool. Awesome.
0: That's got to be satisfying. I mean, like, not only are you are you taking your own skill set and your own love, but like, you're literally passing it on to another generation and being yeah, kind of, excitement.
1: Yeah. because like where, where, where I, where I teach the co-op we get, they're all kind of like being a nerd is a bad thing. Mm, okay. In sort of that area where I teach is very sort of against, they're all mad into football and sports. So being a nerd is a bad thing, but yeah, I kind of hooked them as soon as I showed them the dice. They're like, what's this? <laughs> Why is this dice got this many sides, Chris, I was like, "Oh, these are maths rocks, and we're gonna <laughs> roll them, and we're gonna have some fun." And they were just completely enamoured by the fact that a dice can have more than six sides. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was really satisfying, sort of seeing the little glint in their eyes, like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, it was. It was really enjoyable.
0: <laughs> awesome. I do have to ask: Are you a football fan?
1: I'm not. No. Not okay. I was, curious. I was gonna say, if... who's your team? But no, not in the slightest, but kind of trying to get them out of just writing about football or writing about going into the woods and getting drunk with their friends. That's all creative writing is.
0: There you go. Yeah.
1: So just anything like, right, you're not in the woods with your mates, you're in the woods with a random party of people that you met in a tavern mm-hmm. and some goblins are giving you some crap. So come on, sweat out.
0: There you go. <laughs> uh, so. You, you were thrown to the wolves, became a DM, you've introduced it to the classroom. Uh, where did you get this inspiration to say, I, I wanna create content
1: online? It was very kind of, to be honest, it was very unexpected. I never expected it to happen. Um, I was planning one night and I wanted to do something with languages because mm-hmm. I always feel like characters' languages are a little bit forgotten about. Or if you put a riddle on a wall, They'll go, and you say, oh, it's not written in common. They'll go, oh, is it dwarfish? No, it's not dwarfish. Mm -hmm. Is it elvish? Yeah, it's elvish. Oh, my character can read elvish. What does it say? And it's a bit sort of dead in the water. It's almost not worth having. So I came up with this idea of using coloured overlays to reveal messages. And if you got a particular language that was a particular colour overlay, it would show you the message. Um, And I remember it was 8 o'clock. I was sat where I am now, 8 o'clock at night, planning. I thought. this is pretty cool i'm going to film this so i can show it to my party mm. after they've done it and then for some reason i thought oh, i'll just upload it onto tiktok see what happens there we go. and then went to bed about dinner time the next day i was doing some work around the house i thought i'll oh, just just check my phone i'll have a minute and it had gone mental i was on like 180,000 mm. views yep. loads of likes i was like hang on a minute what and I just remember sitting and refreshing my phone and constantly I was getting more notifications. So I was like, well, clearly there's something here. Clearly there's right. a D- an interesting D&D on TikTok. Um, so then I s- sort of messed around with a few different ideas um, and then finally settled on the D&D puzzle in 20 seconds because that just seems to work it's sort of the right length of time people yeah. are always after puzzles you look on the net there's so many sort of like reddit pages or forum pages or i need a puzzle for d dnd right so yeah that 20 second format i've just kind of stuck to it but never expected it to blow up the way that it did it was oh, yeah. like a 12 second video that completely changed what i do in evenings now
0: well it even literally just refreshed my page i mean o- over a hundred and seventy thousand oh. likes um on your content. And I know that I'm one of those where I'll go through my feed and everything. And if I like a video, great. But if I see like the same person popping up and I'm, I'm loving their stuff every time I'm like, Hmm. I'm following this person because they're most likely going to have more stuff. And that's, that's honestly how I originally started following. Uh you. Uh, I was like, I need puzzles on the fly because I'm, I'm fine with weaving a narrative, but when it comes to creating a puzzle, it's, go pick up this stone and go put it in that hole and congratulations uh but yeah you had a language puzzle which yeah it was, was one of the
1: very first ones that I, it was like the first one of the first videos that i ever put up.
0: and and i actually i had i flagged it for myself i'd favorited it um it was the fourth one um oh no i don't want to play the video thank you uh, <laughs> um um it, it was with the colors uh the lines and um uh, the multiple different colors of lines yeah and then underneath that and i i went out the next day and i got like filters and everything i'm like this is brilliant this so, is- like so many people I de-
1: I, to me it was like uh, this sounds really big added and like really sort of narcissistic but to me it was just a dead simple idea Mm-hmm. of like i remember having a spy magazine when i was a kid and it mm-hmm. came with a little red keyring that was see-through and like you could put it over messages in <laughs> the, the magazine and for some reason that stuck with me for like 20 years and then i just randomly thought about it like, oh that'll work and i'd originally bought those overlays to make um like area of effect mm-hmm. things that we could put on the maps sure. and then never end up using them because we just use online maps now um so i was like i've got those overlays upstairs and yeah literally 12 seconds of me going look there's an overlay and it does that and that was it i'm now a dnd tiktok content creator
0: right and i um and i'm sure that probably other people have done some uh something to i don't want to say similar but like i took that as well and i was like well i got these Mm. filters now and what if they have to go around like this library or the this dungeon and they have to use this uh uh, these overlays uh just be like oh there's a mark here there's a mark here and everything so it it helps in my opinion just having used your content like it helps Mm -hmm. not only give you something quick on the fly but it also helps that dm with their creative juices be like okay
1: that's kind of what that's kind of why i go with it um i noticed with some of the videos people are oh you've not explained this fully and I'm like, well, I don't want to explain it fully because right. this is an idea that you can then go and do your own thing with. Sure. Um, but yeah, you definitely get people in the comments that are like, this is rubbish. They won't don't make sense in my campaign. All right. So change it then. Yeah. Do something with it. Don't just yeah. rely on me. I don't know your <laughs> campaign. Take my idea and do what you want with it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, th- that's. You know, walking that fine line of yes, you're 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 bringing them content, but you don't want to hand give them keys to the kingdom. You know, exactly make them conform to their because, <clears name. throat> like you said, I'm you know your curse strad puzzle may not work exactly as it, something that's more elven, lighter, exactly. or something like that. But you can use those aspects, Um, mm. and that's what some people just need to get beyond. Especially DMs. Yeah, no. I'm like, if you've been a forever DM, you should know by now. You need, to, yeah. you need to add your own flavor to things.
1: Um, and like, I get comments of people saying, oh, my party wouldn't get this. All right, so frame it in a way. If you like it, great, awesome. I'm really glad that you like it. But frame it in a way that it does make sense for your players. Sure. But, yeah, you. Some, I find in the comments you definitely have to handhold some people.
0: Yeah, and, I, I mean, of course, it's social media. You get the good. You get the bad. Exactly. You, know, you, you can't expect to be bulletproof. Yeah. Um, but so do you use any of your own puzzles and everything in your games? Um, I
1: do. Yes. Yeah. So quite a lot of them, especially the early ones that I uploaded um, were ones that I'd used previously. Um, the whole filter one that set it all off. That was for Curse of Strahd. Um, Cause there was a bit in it that I just didn't like. The sure. basic players are navigated, right. You've got to go to this place to meet an NPC down this path. Sure. But if they carry on down that path, they hit, um, Something like a hundred foot cliffside that they can't climb up, they've got to turn around. Yeah. I was like, all oh, my players are going to hate that. Yeah, That's just going to be a waste of an hour session of them walking nowhere. So then that's why I sort of came up with that puzzle. I wanted to make the riddle. I gave them a little bit harder or sure. a little bit different. Um, but yeah, a lot of the, so especially the early ones, I was kind of, when I found that 20 seconds D&D puzzle idea, I was sort of churning back through old files. Oh, right. Yeah. Use that one. That was a good one. But yeah, most of them get used or if they haven't, they're kind of stored up here ready to go.
0: Do you also kind of, do you build your puzzles around what your, or whatever your content may be? Because I know you also do like memes and gifs and
1: whatnot. Yeah, to be Uh, honest, the memes are like fillers when I'm thinking of a puzzle. Like, right, I need to upload something. (laughs) I'll just do that quick and then I can focus on this.
0: I got to stay on the FYP. Uh, Exactly, yeah, keep it going. (laughs) Do you uh, ever create your puzzles with like your party in mind? Like, oh, I know this is a more cerebral party. They they think more i know they're going to overthink so maybe make it almost too easy and vice versa like
1: sometimes yeah kind of because i always the group of friends that we play as a party it's always it's always roughly the same group of friends so i kind of know what they're like as players um so yeah I, i suppose i do kind of frame it for them and how they're gonna think but then I was talking to um, Josh, the guy guy who originally got me into this whole mess (laughs) in 2016. Um, I had a conversation with him a while ago about how as a DM, you can think of a puzzle and then maybe four solutions for that puzzle. Yes. But then when you've got a party of four in front of you, each one of those is going to probably come up with four solutions. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a puzzle, whether it's some kind of encounter, be it a bit of a role-playing encounter, you've then got 16 things that could come at you and you're never going to think of all them. So I kind of something that a lot of people, I feel DMs don't feel that comfortable doing. I tend to come up with the puzzle and then if they don't get the answer or what I thought, I'll go with the rule of call. Mm. Right. Yeah. Like your solution there. Let's go with it. Right. So you, you do kind of have to have, I think more with puzzle, more with puzzle creation than anything else. You, you've you got to be open to the fact that you players probably won't get it the way that you've planned it. Yeah. So you've got to allow for them to come up with something that's probably even better than what you thought. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah. I, I think that's a big trap for DMs in general is pigeonhole, pigeonholing yourself into a corner like the party has to do this for yeah. the puzzle or even for the plot. Good luck keeping them on plot. Um, <laughs> but the, when a DM gets so singularly minded on one thing, and maybe the, in your campaign, there's literally this one thing that has to happen, that mm-hmm. that's fine. But if you're trying to expect that out of every single, you know, uh, yeah. session or something like that, DMs are going to become frustrated. They're going to feel like yeah. they're not, they're either being too challenging or not challenging enough, depending on what it is. Yeah. Um
1: so where? Oh, sorry, Karen. Oh
0: no, no, no! Please, please, no! No, I'm I was going to say you. It. You tell me.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, listen up. Yeah. So,
0: um,
1: yeah, I think it's quite a hard lesson to learn as a DM that your stories, your puzzles, your encounters—they <laughs> can't be linear. Yes. You, no matter how much you lay the foundation of this is going to happen, this is going to happen, it won't go that way. And it's definitely a lesson that I learned the hard way. Um, I. Was running a completely homebrew um, campaign. I'd got this whole storyline set out in front of me. Mm-hmm. I'd done like on my uh, tablet. I'd used a like mind map um, okay. app to plan everything out. Like this is step by step. This is the end of the story, and these are all the steps. Mm-hmm. And I'd got my players that go. They'd gone to a church in a swamp, and in my head, they were going to go there. They got the outfits. They were going to blend in. They were just gonna listen. It was gonna be an opportunity for sort of law building, world building. They were gonna have the big bad was gonna be in front of them, but they're too weak, they won't let's take them on. And then my players decided they realized that the swamp, the church was in a swamp, did some investigations, and I let them completely sink the church into the swamp and killed the whole cult. So that was like <laughs> that's my story. Oh mate, I got to think of someone now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> pr- problem solved. Uh...
1: Yeah, it was like oh well, okay. Um, where do I go now? And I completely never expected it. I'd got it in my head that like this church was half sunk because it was in a swamp, and then they managed to. I think there was a few nat twenties in there, so I couldn't say no. Right. right. Um, yeah, they sank the whole church, killed all the cult, and yeah. I got to learn from that point, right? I can't make this linear. I've got to have ideas, but they are going to guide me more than I'm going to guide them.
0: Yeah. I think that the worlds that we play in, whether that it's a pre-written campaign setting or if it's something you're building on your own, once you have your party there and it's playing with you, the world is evolving and growing and, yeah. and you can't, you know, remain stagnant in your situation, like you said, the entire cult was w- wiped out when they weren't necessarily expected to be? How does that no. affect things? You know, wh- what what kind of ripple effects does that have? And that yeah. is also great because it takes the story out of the DM's hands and it makes yeah. it more real for the players, in my opinion, anyway.
1: Yeah, which is it's one of the things I'm sort of enjoying about Curse of Strahd. It's very... I'm planning out all these things. I've got to know what NPCs are doing, events that are yeah. going to happen. But ultimately, my players are going to do what they want to do. Yeah. And we kind of have this thing where at the end of every session, I say, "Right, what are you going to do next?" Mm-hmm. And then they'll give me a few ideas. So then that's what I go off and plan, ready for the next session. But then they don't do that. Somehow else happens. So right, I'm winging this session again. And are like, my guys?
0: <laughs> I had a, a when I ran Estrada the the old lady uh, that you first meet at the beginning of the campaign with not her right. eyes and whatnot. Uh, one of my party members legitimately uh, played an older character. Um, and uh, it was, a, he was a bard and he's like, I want to seduce her. And I'm like, this is, this is not in the book. This is not in the module. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you got to think on your toes or something like that. Um, so, I was trying to I was trying to think uh cuz you said that you're, you're obviously you you don't have to stick to a module if you do play a module game for anyone that Ooh. is listening that chooses a module you can live by it like it's a bible that's perfectly fine yeah. right. um uh, and you can read every page and it is sacred text to you but for some other people we don't want to spend an hour of them Definitely. walking to a cliff or you know maybe when you understand your party, be like, this is not going to happen the way that the module is planning. Um, So for what would be your suggestion to those DMS that are running into those frustrations with a module or something like that?
1: I feel it's a very, it's a very on the fly thing. You've got to be, you've got to let yourself get comfortable with you aren't in control of this game. Yeah. You're the DM and what you say goes, But ultimately what happens in this story Mm -hmm. depends on those four, five, six people that are sat in front of you. So you've got to be able to accept that, yeah, it's your story. If it's homebrew or it's just another story that someone's toiled over and they have balanced and everything, Mm -hmm. you've got to get comfortable with the idea that it isn't going to go the way you think it is. It's almost like (sighs) I really strongly believe in that rule of call. I'm not going to. I'm not going to open up the curse of and go, no, you can't do that right. because it says here in this book, I'm not going to do that. If it's a cool idea, go for it. Um, perfect example. I'd set up for Vallaki. Um, I'd put in a couple of NPCs that all mentioned to the party. Whatever well, you do, don't tell the burgomaster that his festivals are rubbish. Don't wind him up. Nothing. Cause you'll end up in the stocks or you'll disappear. Yeah. And at the start of a session, I had an NPC remind them of that and then Josh again he comes up a lot doesn't he Josh end of the session went to the Burger Master and was like you're an idiot I don't like your festivals and I was like <laughs> oh mate <laughs> so then I, I've got no choice but to completely throw the book out the window yeah, and start thinking about, okay, so what's going to happen now that that's been said because I've set it up that there should be consequences, yes. but I've got to think of that. So that's a perfect example of it isn't going to go how you think it is Right. in the book. I thought they were all going to be on the best behaviour. The other three were like, Josh, what have you done? Why did you do that? And he was just like, I was being my character. So, yeah, you, as <laughs> any a DM who's getting frustrated by players not doing what it says in the book or what you thought they were going to do, you've got to get over it. Yeah. There's no way. You can't control what those four people, five people are th- thinking. You've got to let them steer that story. Right. I think it. I, I coined a phrase at one point where it was, um, I build the world, but you tell the story. Yes. yes. It's very, that's, and I think, so without blowing my own trumpet, that rings very true with Dungeons and Dragons is mm-hmm. you've got a world, but you're only controlling the NPCs, the people they meet, what they do between those encounters, that's up to them. Right. And, and not to be afraid of um, sandbox either. I was, when of I, I remember when I first started, I was like, no, they're going to go here, 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 here. And I did set it up as being quite linear, but I quickly learned that that's not fun. For the players, if they feel strapped to a railway and they're only going to that one place, it's not a fun setup. So, definitely get over the fact that the game isn't yours and don't be afraid to go sandbox. And just at the end of the session, what do you want to do next time, guys? Mm-hmm. Plan a few bits, but don't toil over it for hours because then you overthink it and then you get set in that mind frame of this is what's going to happen but it doesn't so don't let yourself get to that point
0: i think that's probably the most i don't think that's really sunk in with me before like yeah because it's always been like we are building this world we are building this world but mm. i mean we as dms may populate the world but it is their game yeah we are, we, we are cause and effect um so thank you for that I, I even dming over a decade like you know just some things still need to click um Whenever you do play, what is your go-to class
1: I quite like playing silly classes because okay. being being a DM as much as I love it, there is that element of serious like I've got to plan this, I've got to know what's going to happen. I need to know these NPCs like the back of my hand, sure. so I quite like to let loose. So I enjoy playing bards yes, and trying I, I've yet to play a bard in a situation where I can come up with um, like rhymes and songs off the top of my head. Mm. Um, I really want to have a go at doing that properly and I quite like playing stupid barbarians. <laughs> well, cause I mean, their intelligence is yeah. like lower than anything. Um, and I, I got involved in a campaign that didn't really last very long mm-hmm. and I played a barbarian and sort of, I joined a couple of sessions in and the first time they met him, he was working at a potion shop with his aunt and he walked out of the back room, juggling some potions that were extremely valuable so I enjoy just playing that, letting loose a little bit and oh yeah. It's, trying to get my own back on my players, to be honest with you. <laughs> just yeah. yeah I'm just, gonna mess with your stuff now.
0: Not yeah. Yes, that's exactly it. Like, yeah, you came in and you wrecked out you wrecked my town. Yeah. So uh you know what? I may just Eldritch blast, you know, uh somebody that shouldn't shouldn't have. But um well, so um uh, I, I appreciate you coming today. Like, so where can um People find you TikTok or anywhere else, like that may be where the can they find Ravenwoods DD?
1: Um it's primarily on TikTok, Ravenswood DD. Um I've started an Instagram, but trying to upload videos to TikTok and they're all, like, oh, I've got to put them on Instagram as well. I've not quite managed that around family life yet. Um, but definitely yeah. D and Ravenwoods, Ravenswood D is the one place to try and catch me and get some puzzles for your campaigns or some riddles or laugh at some silly memes that probably I only find funny.
0: <laughs> no, I've definitely looked at a lot of the memes uh, and anything with Terry Cruz, the, the white girls like da da da, 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 da. <laughs> And I'm like, yes, this is, this is my kind of content. Well, <laughs> Chris, I appreciate you coming by today and speaking with thank us. You me, man. Uh, thank you so much for your time and your content um Appreciate again we should we'll, we'll have it up there already again but the it's somewhere around here the the handles for uh his tiktok um and check him out like subscribe to him follow him um but yeah until we see you next time be sure to keep an eye out for our springfield one shots where we interview uh locally owned businesses and we uh have our next game session coming up so make sure you have a listen thank you all and have a great day